go. Today's daf is daf mem zayin. We are holding in the middle of the page. Well, past the halfway point. Rav Shmuel haviyasvi besaduta. You see the Yonatan mem zayin amar aleph. Zayin amar aleph. Says the Gemara, Rav Shmuel Haviyasi Vesaduta. Rav Shmuel were at a meal Amar of Simi Barchia. Havikam Misariv Achel. So again, Zimun requires three people, and it also requires apparently the three people should somewhat eat together. So Rav and Shmuel were eating, and then Rav Simi Barchia came and Kamisariv Achel. He came at towards the end of the meal and ate very quickly. Amale, Rav. He said to Rav, "My What is your opinion? Or sorry, Rav said to him, "Amalei Rav, my What is your opinion? Let's to um, you know, to combine with you, right? Anan achilnalon, right? Do you think you could be mitzdarif? Anan achilnalon? Did we eat together? Meaning we didn't eat together, right? We already finished. Achilnalon. We already finished." Achilna doesn't over here mean eat, it means finished. We finished eating and then you came. So therefore, there's no zimun. Amalei Shmuel, Shmuel says to him, what do you mean? If we had brought some mushrooms or other foods, would you not have eaten? Meaning, we don't consider that we had finished. Although the food in front of us we finished, but we would still have eaten more. Therefore, Rav and Shmuel, Shmuel saying that it's still considered to be middle of the meal because, again, we would have eaten. It's, it's only considered the end of the meal if you had made a decision that, no, we are no longer eating. But as long as you're open to eating more, it's still considered as if we're in the middle of the meal. And since it's still considered as if we're in the middle of the meal, we could go ahead and do a zimun together. Tamidei de Rav, Yasi Bisaduta. Al Rav Acha, the students of Rav were having a meal with Rav Acha. Amr they said, also Mem Zayin Amaralif, right before the two dots, a little, a little less than, a little further past the halfway point on the Amud. We didn't do all that this morning. This was from yesterday. So Tamidah the Rav has Aviyasi Besaduta, Al Rav Acha. Amr they said, also Gavraba the Mevarechlon. Let the great men, right, bench for us. Amalu said to them, the Do you hold that the Gadol, the person who's the biggest Chacham, is the one who leads the Zimun? The one who was the primary person in the meal should make the Bracha. The Helchata says, No. Gadol Mevarech, even if the person came later, uh, if he's the Gadol, he should bench. Even though he came at the end. So again, it's not the Iker Shibisuda. It's not the people that were there at the beginning of the meal. As long as they're included in the Zimun, the Gadol should be the one to be Mivarech. Okay. Fine. Now the Gemara is going to go through each case of the Mishnah. If you recall, the Mishnah mentioned different sort of foods that you could possibly make Zimun on and that you cannot make Zimun on. So first they gave a list of things you could make Zimun on. Right? And it's, the Mishnah gave a whole list, right? It said that you can make a zimun on Demai, on Maestrovich and Shnato Chumaso. So we're going to go through each one, and we will, again, remind you what each thing is. So the first thing was Demai. 
Now, Demai, there's a big chiddush here because the Mishnah, the Mishnah seemed to say that anything that is forbidden to eat, you cannot make a zimun on, right? If like tevel or something like that, you cannot make a zimun on. However, Demai was a, an exclusion to the rule which, that you could make a zimun on. So it says the Gemara, right, so what's Demai? Demai is uh, something that we don't know for sure whether Trumas, and, you know, Trumas, Truma was separated from. We suspect that Amaretz was not careful. But uh, we, again, it's, as Rashi says, Rov Amaretz, the majority of the Amaretz do separate Truma. So it's just a bit of a chashash. So it says the Gemara, Holo It's not chazi to eat, right? So we should consider this, says Rashi, like a bracha, you know, Hababa Avera. It shouldn't be considered a blessing because you're not supposed to eat the mai. So if it's a bracha baba veira kilo, then how can you do a zimun? Halachazile. Says the Gemara, no. Kivan di bai mafkulin nechase. Since theoretically speaking, if you would be mafkir all your nechasim havi ani, chazile, we do consider the food to be chazi. Meaning, the only time you'll consider there to be a, to be considered a bracha baba veira, where we say baruch na'at Hashem, Right, and we therefore say it's an improper blessing is only when the food itself is a sort. But here, the fact that there are ways that it will be permitted to you shows you that the food itself is not considered to be ba'avera. Since theoretically speaking, if you would relinquish all ownership of your property, have you you'd be a poor person of a and you wouldn't be permitted to the demai. It's not like we see. feed a poor person or perhaps even a guest. Um, you're allowed to feed them demai. So again, the fact that there are some people who are allowed to eat this shows you that it's not a chevzah di yisura. Rafuna, Rafuna says that if you ever find someone who argues on this, it's beishamai. Again, so the reason for our mission is that demai is different. Demai is not considered a chevzah di yisura because we do find some people are permitted to eat it. So the second case of the Mishnah was the Rishon where truma was taken off. So the Gemara says pshita. So let me just explain for a moment. Usually the order of events was as follows. You gave Truma to the Kohen, you gave Maeser Rishon to the Levi, and then when the Maeser Rishon was in the Levi's Rishot, the Levi then took off another Truma to, the, to give to the Kohen, which is called Truma's Maeseros. So that was usually the order of events. Again, the Truma was then given again after it got into the hands of the Levi. So the Gemara says, if Maeser Rishon should not do Truma, so of course it's good. Pshita, of course that's considered a Nachila that you can make a Ziman on. Says the Marlot you did it out of order, which means that you took off the Maeser Rishon before anyone was given Truma or anyone was given Maeser um, Rishon. You just took off the Levi, went ahead and took off the Truma's Maesers, right? So, as Rashi says, the Levi went, took his Maeser before the Kohen took his Truma, and then he gave the Truma's Maesers. So, Shagdima Bishibalam. You took off the Chumas Maiser without taking off the Chumagdola. And still we see that, and therefore the Mish is coming to teach us the fact that this is considered a good Achila, we don't consider it a Tevel, shows you that this is still kosher. If you took it while it was, it was still, again, you know, it wasn't, uh, you didn't thresh it yet, the kernel was still in its stock. So, you then become exempt from Chumagdola. Shinambar? So this teaches you that the only time you have to give Meiser is if it's Minha Meiser. We don't have to give two things. You only have to give one Meiser from your Meiser. You don't have to give Truma. So once the 
Levi already took his Maisa Rishon and then becomes exempt from Chuma Gedola. Would we say this rule even if it wasn't just in its stock? In other words, you already grinded it, you made it into a pile, and at that time when you make everything into a pile, it becomes obligated in Chuma. So the Gemara is suggesting that would you say that in this case also once the Levi takes his Maisa Rishon and, and is, separates his Chuma, that you then exempt from the first Chuma? Says more no. In that case, once it becomes obligated in truma, then you can't. Then the order doesn't mess it up. On that, the pasuk says, "Mikol truma." You should separate from all your meiser, right? Umar So, how do you know that this one's referring to this one? This one's referring to this one. So it says, That basically, before that, it's not wheat, and the Torah says, "Rachis the gancha," which is the mitzvah of truma. But when it's in its stock, when it's shibalim, it wasn't grounded yet. It was the, again the kernel. Everything is still there. Lo idgan. It's not considered dagan. It's not considered wheat. rishut kohen. And therefore, there, it never was, it never applied on it the rishut kohen. So again, the levies when the levy messes up the order by taking off meiser rishon first and then taking off his own truma that only exempts it from the truma gedola, right? If it wasn't yet obligated in truma gedola. But once you already made it into a pile, you made it into a kri, right, you piled it up, then it's already racist to gancha. Then the Torah's chiyuv is already chal, and therefore your switching of the order will not exempt this pile from chuma gedola. When, when it hasn't been grounded up yet, it's not really obligated in chuma yet. So therefore in that case, if you mess up the order, you'll actually be exempt from chuma gedola. So getting back to our Mishnah, that's what our Mishnah is coming to teach you. That... If you took Maisa Rishon before the Chuma Gedola, it's still considered a valid Achila. It's not considered like you ate Tevel, and it's still appropriate to make a Zimun on that food. And it's not considered a Kabracha Haba Ba'avera. Right, so that was the second case in the Mishnah. Meshibalim. Meshibalim, okay, exactly, Meshibalim. So what's the third case in the Mishnah? Maisa Sheni, oh, so now we have the third, you know, so we know besides Maisa Rishon, there is then Maisa Sheni, right, for a couple of the years. So what's Maeser Sheni? Maeser Sheni is that you have to eat it in Yerushalayim. If you don't want to eat it in Yerushalayim, then you have to redeem it outside Yerushalayim and then take the money. So it said, Maeser Sheni v'hektish sheniftu, that you redeemed it. Says the Gemara, so if you redeemed it, pshita, of course it's permitted to eat the food because you took the Kedusha off the food and put it onto the money. So we know every time you redeem Maeser Sheni, you have to add a Chomesh. Meaning, so if it's worth $100, right? Well, yeah, then you have to add another, well, it's chamish milabar. Um, so basically, if it's worth um, $80, then I would have to add another $20 to the Meiser process. So again, no, no, so it's chamish milabar. I mean, you have to take a fifth of what it would be after you basically add a fifth. So the point being that, um, so the point is that the mission is coming to teach you, you gave the Karen. What? Meaning, meaning again, you have to take, after you are poda the karen, after you poda the karen, you, so let's say the fruits are worth $80, you also have to add a fifth. Okay, you also have to add a fifth to that, the amount of fruits that you are being mechal, the kedusha of the peros, onto. So again, if you have $80 worth of fruits, you have to find $100. Now, why do you have to find $100? That's not a fifth, that's a fourth. So the Gemara says that there's something called chomish milagav and chomish milabar. 
that the way we calculate a fifth is not milagav, is not from the money that you have in front of you, because then a fifth of $80 would be less than $20. The chamish milabar means from the total amount, there has to be taken off a fifth. So, which basically means after the... It means the amount of the fifth is going to be a fifth of the new Karen. It's, it's a little hard. I, I, I'm, I'm not so good at explaining it. So it says, The basic line that you're supposed to take it is in Jerusalem. Once you don't Right, no, I was just expecting. Inside or outside, that's like the second. Yeah, yeah, correct. You know, yeah, correct. Or, or so, and so what happened over here was Vilanosan Esachamish. What happened over here was is the guy, he only was Mechal, he only took the Kedusha of the Peros, but he didn't add a fifth to the amount. So the Mishnah is coming to teach you, so the Mishnah is coming to teach you that when you don't take a fifth of those Peros, meaning you don't add that Chomish that you were supposed to add, and we still consider it that the Kedusha was taken off the Peirot and you would be allowed to eat the Peirot. But that's what the mission is coming. So you uh, the Maasel. The Maasel shouldn't Correct, but, but, but he, did, he didn't add Chomesh. He didn't add Chomesh. So the Kedusha is that it still, it still works. Hashem Nesha'ochal Kezayis. So there the mission said that the guy who was helping out in the rest of the meal, right, he was serving, and he ate a Kezayis. So once he eats a Kezayis, he could join the meal. So asks the Gemara Pshita. Of course he could join the meal. He ate a Kezayis. So says the Gemara, kava. I would have thought that a Shamish, the guy who's serving, he's not really Kava, because he's, as Rashi points out, he's, he's going and coming from the table. So even though he ate a Kazayas while he was serving the meal, but he wasn't sitting with them. So because he wasn't sitting with them, we wouldn't consider him as if he's part of the meal. The Chidush is that no, since the Shamish, again, is very much a part of the meal because he's serving the meal, he could still join everybody else and he could be part of the Zimun. Vahakusi. So again, the Mishnah said that a Kusi could join in the Zimun. Okay? Meaning a non-Jew cannot, but a Kusi can. So we are obviously assuming, like the opinion, that a Kusi is Gere Emesim. Right? There's always a, uh, a Kusi, are these uh, Kusians, or the, 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 the Samurites, who basically were there uh, when Melech Ashur, or the king of Assyria, brought in a bunch of uh, people from outside of Israel into Israel. Lions attacked them and they realized they had to do something. And, what? Who? I guess that's what they're referred to now. Uh, so those people uh, basically converted and they were, it was a forced conversion, right? Because they were felt threatened by the lions. So there's always an argument to the Gemara whether Kusi are true converts or not true converts. But this Gemara is clearly going that they are true converts. But the Gemara has a, still another issue. Even though they're, they're Jewish, they're considered Ameha Aretz. We learned in a bright interesting Gemara. You cannot, Ame Aretz cannot join in your Zimun. Meaning, Ame Aretz could for sure count as a minyan, right? Let's say for Tfilam. But for Zimun, we're benching together. That's a little more, um, it's not appropriate. It's not kavod. The Ame Aretz should join in with two other people who are not Ame Aretz with the Zimun. They could definitely make a Zimun on their own. They just can't join everybody else. So why could they make a Zimun? Kusi for sure has the status of Ame Aretz. By Omer Bekusi Chaver. By says we're talking about not, a, not your regular Kusi, a Kusi who's a Chaver. Kusi who is uh, again, not knowledgeable and he is you know, faithful. So Rava Omer, Filotemu Bekusi Amaret. Really, we're talking about the Kusi Amaret. 
We're dealing with a different type of Amaretz. Which type of Amaretz? The Amaretz of the Rabbanan. The Tanya, like we learned in the Brayta. Ezeu Amaretz. Who is an Amaretz? Kol she'ena ocha chulin b'tahara. Anyone who doesn't eat chulin b'tahara. That's the definition of Amaretz. The Chachamim Omrim and the Chachamim say, Kol she'ena ma'asa perotav karo. Anyone who doesn't properly tie this roots. V'hanu kutayin, this kutayin is suri maestro. Vei kedachazid. Um, like we see, the Maidach said, Baraisim is Azari. So these Kuthians, apparently, um, they, they did give Maisa. Why? The Maidach said, because what is written in the Torah, Mizaziri. They're more careful even than Jews. That any mitzvah which has basically been established, uh, that you know, is kept by the Kuthians, by the Kusis, they actually keep more than B'nai Israel. Like it says, Kol. Matzah, right? Kol mitzvah shechzika b'kusim are medakting by himself. So the, the Gemara uses this uh, to explain. I think the Gemara actually says matzah. They were very careful, and their matzah is very good. It's not machmitz. So again, the point being like this is that we had a question. Kusi are at least an ame aretz, and ame aretz cannot join a zimun. And to the Gemara, that do you know what ame aretz is? Ame aretz is like what the Chachamim say. That's the definition of Amar. That anyone who doesn't tithe, anyone who doesn't give Meiser. And Kusim do give Meiser. So therefore, they're not considered Amei Aretz. Because again, you're only considered Amar if you don't give Meiser. Not like Remeyer, the Kosheen Ochol Metara, that they don't need Chol Metara. But anyone who doesn't give Meiser. And Kusim, because it's Deraisa, they're very careful. They're very careful. Tandu Rabbana. Says the Gemara, Ezo Amar. What is an Amar Okay? So the six opinions. And what does it matter? What is an Amaretz? So, first of all, it's no game for this Gemara, because you have to know who you could possibly join Zimun in. And it's also uh, no Geya. For other halachot, there's a whole Gemara in Psachim that lists about six things that you can't trust an Amaretz for, uh, for different halachot. So, that's basically what we're asking. Is Amaretz. Anyone who does read Shachrit in the Krishma shall Arvitz Shachrit is considered Amaretz. Anyone who doesn't put on Tal. So if you notice, these are all things that are mentioned in Kriyashma. I mean, the first opinion was, didn't say Kriyashma. And the next five opinions are basically, that, that they don't do things that are stated in Kriyashma. That's what the Gemara, right. It's like being made a checker. Like the Gemara we had of Kol Kar Kriyashma below Tefillin. Right, it's Kilo made checker. That's what the point of this Gemara is. Koshin Menech Tefillin. That's in Kriyashma. Benazai Amr Koshin Menech Tefillin. Anyone who doesn't have Tzitzis. That's in Kriyashma. Benazai Amr Koshin Menech Anyone doesn't have mezuzah, right? That's also in Kriyashma. Also, by yes, kol sheish barav, and a megalim tayron teire, right? That's also anyone who has children and does not raise them to be tamidei and doesn't uh, teach them Torah, which is also in Kriyashma. Achem omrim, afilu kara v'shana. Even someone who's learned, veloshimish tamidei chamev, it doesn't serve, is not attended tamidei chamev. It doesn't uh, basically the way Rashi says it is clarify the halachic rulings and find out the reasons behind them, meaning he doesn't just you know, I guess look up, uh, you know, laws and says this is what you're supposed to do, this you're not supposed to do, but he becomes well-versed in the logic behind them. Anyone who doesn't do that, that's an Amaretz. That's what right? so you have to learn Gemara. Amar Avuna, Halacha Kachem, the Halacha falls like Kachem, which is a pretty high standard, right? Until that opinion, everything, we, we all seem pretty confident about ourselves, right? But then he got the last opinion, a little scary. So Amar Avuna, Halacha Kachem, Rami Racham, Rami Racham, says, Le'azmin Aladun, Menashe, Rav, Rabbi Barachama was eating with Rabbi Menashe, 
And what happened was, is he didn't join a zimun with Rav Menashe about Tachlipa. Why? Because he says, the Tani Safra Sifra. He learned Sifra, right? The, like the Medrash on it, which was usually Teres Kainim. He learned Sifri, which is Halachic of Bamidra and Dvarim. And he learned Halacha. However, he didn't, the point is, but he didn't, he wasn't Mishamish Tamide Chachamim, right? So, Kinayach Nafshei de Rami Barchama. So, Rami Barchama then died. Again, Rami Rahama did not join the Zimun with Rav Menashe. Menashe is a pretty is quoted in the Gemara. But Rami Rahama didn't, he wasn't on Rami Rahama's standard. So, Kinach Nafshe did Rami Rahama, Rami Rahama died. Amarava, you want to know where Rami Rahama died? Lainayach Nafshe did Rami Rahama. The only reason he died is the Lai Azmin at Rav Menashe Batakhlipa. He said he didn't join, he didn't invite Rav Menashe to join in the Zimun. Again, he didn't invite him to join the Zimun, and he wasn't careful, as Rashi says, to check. Whether he in fact was Mishamish Tamid Chacham, I asked the Gemara Vatanya. Achem Arufil Karvish and Lashim Mishamacham is Amaretz. What do you mean? What did Rami Rachamah do? If you weren't attendant to Tamid Chachamim, then um, you know you're considered Amaretz. It says the Gemara two answers. Shani Rav Menasher Ben Tachlipa Delay Daka Basrei. So he was in fact Mishamish Tamid Chachamim, but you know Rava, sorry, Rami Rachamah did not do the due diligence and duck. He, he didn't look. Where Rashi says Lay Badak Lishol. He didn't really find out whether he was Mishamish Tamidacham. He says that Rabbi Nashim was capable of doing it, and the first time he heard it, after he heard the teachings from his rabbis, the Garas Lahu, he basically discussed it with them. Therefore, he considered Kitzur Rabbanan, meaning on the spot when he originally heard the Shmuos, he, you know, he was discussing with the Rabbim, and therefore that's considered Ashimesh Tamidacham. Right, when learning this Gemara, we're supposed to remind ourselves of the Gemara earlier, when it says, Gedolah Shimusha Yoter Milimuda, right, the greater, right, we had by uh, Elisha and Eliyahu, it says, what, what made Elisha so great is that he was Mishamish Eliyahu, not just the, that he learned by Eliyahu. Okay, continues the Gemara. Now, until now, we just... Disc- yeah, well, it's saying like in a different way, Shamashmites of the Garis like... When he first heard it, he, he wasn't like running around to rabbis asking them, you know, qu- questions. But it sounds like immediately when he heard it, regardless, though, he, he, you know, he would, he would go over it and that study it. His way. Exactly. Correct. Now the mission is going to, now the Gemara will go through the list of things mentioned in the mission that you cannot make a zimun on. But the first half of the mission was you could make a zimun on Meister, Rishon, Shnata, Shumato, and all those things. Now we're going to say on things you can't. So, the basic idea of the mission is if you ate something which is forbidden to eat, you can't make a zimun on. Because that's either because it's like a bracha that came through an avera, or because as Tosu says, when you eat forbidden foods, it's not considered eating. It's if it's tavel, you didn't separate the truma, of course. We're talking about tavel, which means you didn't separate the things, but only, it was only obligated on midrabana level. What's an example of something that's only obligated at the level? We're talking about a pod that was not connected to the ground, and therefore only midrabanan do you have to bring meiser. And still, um, if you eat that, you cannot make a zimunan. Meiser rishon, that its truma was not taken, you cannot join in zimun. Says Gemara Pshita, of course. If you didn't take off the truma from the meiser rishon, I mean, if the levi didn't take off his truma that he's supposed to give to the cone, says Gemara Pshita. Obviously, he, it's forbidden to eat, and you can't make a zimun. That basically, we're talking about a case that was taken off, but you took it off um, too early. 
So Ma'od the Seima, so the so basically the Mishnah is telling us a chidush. Ma'od the Seima could only Rav Abaya. I would have felt like Rav Papa had suggested to Abaya that even if the Levi takes off the Maaserishin before the Truma Gedola, that would be good. Meaning, all these cases of the Mishnah are coming to teach you various cases that you would have thought is permitted to eat, and they were saying no. It's forbidden to eat. What's another example? Is that the Levi took off the Maiserishon while already it was a Cree and it became obligated in Truma and he took it off before the Truma. So I would have thought that's good. Like Rav Papa had suggested to Abaya. They know that therefore that's too late. Once it's made into a pile, it's already ground up, then uh, you cannot um, exempt yourself from the Truma Gedola. Maiser Shani. So it says, Maiser Shani Shalai Hiftu. Right, so of course, if Maestro Shini wasn't, wasn't redeemed and you ate the fruits outside of Yishalayim, of course that's forbidden to eat. So Zagmar Rapshita, of course you can't eat Maestro Shini that was not redeemed. So Zagmar, no, doesn't mean it wasn't redeemed. It means you redeemed it, but you didn't do it ke'alacha. So it's teaching us a couple scenarios where you could, you know, try to redeem it, but it wasn't redeemed. What are examples of that? Maestro Shini, Kigon, Shepadu Gabi Asimon, which is like a type of coin which doesn't have a tzura. Which means it's more just you know silver and Rahman Amar and the Torah says Vitsarta Kesef Biyatcha. So the term Vitsarta is coming to teach you Kesef Sheshlov Tsura. Meaning it's not enough to have silver. You have to have silver that's able to be used in the marketplace, meaning it's able to be used as money. And a simon is not money, because a simon is just weight. And therefore, Maestro Sheni cannot be redeemed on that money. Hektish. What's the case of Hektish that you attempted to redeem? Because there's two cases in the Mishnah. The same thing, Hektish cannot be redeemed onto land. Fine? So again, this is, when the Mishnah said that it wasn't redeemed, of course, you can't tell me it wasn't redeemed at all, because if it wasn't redeemed at all, of course you're forbidden to eat it. No, it's coming to teach you that you tried to redeem it, but you... You weren't able to because you didn't follow the proper procedure and either you did it on land or you didn't do it on money that can be used in the, in the shuk and therefore the Mishnah is coming to teach you that Maishu Sheni cannot be eaten. Okay, continues the Gemara. Pshita, obviously. So the Gemara, you're right, that, that case is not a Chiddush. I did Tanuvesha because I didn't save a Pachat Mikazayis. We just, you know, once the first case of the Mishnah was a Chiddush, we just wanted to mention this case also. Right, you, a gentile cannot join in on the zimun. So Pshita, of course he can't join in the zimun. Right? How could you? How could a non-Jew join in the zimun? So had a convert who did mila, but didn't do tefillah. Right? There's two, uh, two two very important things that have to happen, or at least two is, is three really. Right? Kabbalat or mitzvot. So mila v'lo tavel, and times the gemara gets the carbon. Mal a convert did mila. But he didn't do tefillah. Right? You're not considered a ger until you did both. And even if you did one part of the process, you're not half a Jew. You are nothing. Okay, so the guy, the case, the Mishnah is discussing a case where, meaning there's a chidush in the case of the Mishnah, and that we're talking not about a non-Jew, whatever, a non-Jew who started the conversion process. Fine. Now we're going to talk about women, slaves, and children. Right? The Mishnah said, So women, slaves, and children cannot join in on Zimun. Which basically means a young child. 
Mizamnin Allah, he could join in on the Zimun. Says the Gemara, what do you mean, Rabbi Yossi? How could a child join in the Zimun? But we learned in Mishnah. Right? What is it? Rav says a katan could join in, right? Third white line. And the Mishnah says that a child cannot join in the Zimun. Says the Gemara, no, Rav Yosef said, meant as follows. Who Dharma Kishu Ben Levi? Dharma Kishu Ben Levi. Afal Pish Amr Katan Mutabarisin Mizamna Love. Very important line over here. Even though a child cannot join in the Zimun, Aval Osin Osin Sniflasara, but he could be at number 10. Means the Chilik between 3 and 10. If you have two people and you need the Katan to make a Zimun, that no, you have to have an adult. But if you're nine and you already have a zimun, it's just a question of whether saying Hashem's okay, name or not, okay. right? whether saying Hashem's name or not in the zimun, that's the only chiluk. That, that, the, the child is enough to, to raise it. Again, we're not, we're not necessarily saying for tefillah or kaddish or kedusha. we're just talking about adding the name of Hashem. How old does he have to be? Uh, so, well, right now it sounds like a child. It doesn't, um, I feel a muta barisa, which is usually very young. Muta um, barisa means like he's, he's like playing around, right? Um, still, he's able to be number ten. Varmer Bishur ben Levi, a similar type of thing. Tishav Evan Mitzdafin, you could combine a slave to be the tenth person. And here we're gonna, it's gonna be pretty clear for our minyan also. Meisve, the Gemara has a question. Meisav Rebbeliezer, is it true that a slave could be the tenth person? Meisav Rebbeliezer, the story of Rebbeliezer. Shenechnas lebeit and he entered into Shul. Vleimatza Asara, he didn't find a tenth person. Veshechra Avdo, and he freed his slave. And he made him number 10. Says the Gemara, Sounds like in order for the Evet to join in the Zimun, he had to free him. Right? Shobel Levi just said that the Evet could be the 10th person. Rabbi Ezra walked into show with his Evet. They're looking for 10 people. They're texting. No one's coming. He says, I'll free my slave. Says the Gemara, so it sounds like he needed to free him. Says the The case was they needed two. So they had eight. So he redeemed one slave. And then, V'nafik Bechad. And I guess there was somebody else. Uh, he, had, he, had he had two slaves, whatever. He had two slaves and he freed one and, he, and they used the, the tenth one for the, uh, for the Zimun. I mean, I don't really know how Why it's... Why is Shechel one? What? So, what? Because you need, oh, you because know, he needed one. nine. Correct. Ah. No, you need nine Jews and one, and, and one Eved. So and one Eved would be okay. So in this case, Trey Yitzchak Shechechad V'nafek Bechad. V'heichi Aved Hachi. How could he do this? Right, there is actually a prohibition or a mitzvah assay which says, right, which is a positive commandment that they should, the non Jewish slave should serve you forever. So there's actually a transgression to free a slave, right? It's maybe also what's called is just granting a gift. So how were you permitted to free this non-Jewish slave? Again, Jewish slave, of course, is different. But how are you allowed to free the non-Jewish slave? Right? There's a prohibition. Or there's a mitzvah zase. It says, well, the mitzvah shani. So the mitzvah shani. Right? For the purpose of... What? Why? Because they are half Jews. Why? Because they are half Jews. Right, I hear. I hear. I don't know. I don't know. No, no, I'm saying, but the, the post can, the Rishonim I saw also bring in Lotte Chanim. Yeah. I saw that. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're asking. For the purpose of a mitzvah, it's permitted. Okay? So says the Gemara, what do you mean? Mitzvah Babaveru. It's a mitzvah Babaveru. So very nice it's for a mitzvah, but, you know, the mitzvah came through an Avera of freeing your slave. Says the Gemara, Mitzvah Rabbim Shani. 
right? When it's a mitzvah of the rabbim, is different, right? So it's a bit of a hard gemara uh, to read because you know we just finished saying it's a mitzvah baba veira, and then we said, oh, but it's a mitzvah rabbim. So why is a mitzvah rabbim make it that it's not mitzvah haba beaveira? Right? So that's you know. Well, I I want to get back to that. I want to get to the two dots and memchet menav, and we'll come back perhaps to this gemara. So again, we're saying that you are permitted to free your slave. If it's for the purpose of a mitzvah the rabbim, then we won't consider it a mitzvah habam be'avera. So the Gemara is fine. So that's how you were permitted to free your slave to be number nine, and then you use another evet to be number ten. You should always wake up early to go to shul in order to be counted amongst the first ten. Because even if a hundred people come afterwards, kibo loves kulam. So it sounds like you receive all the reward. You get the reward of everyone. No. Whatever word they're going to get, you'll get connected, you'll get the same amount of schar. So it's very important to be part of the first 10, as the Marshop explains, that when you're the first 10, the Gemara said earlier in Brachot, that when there's 10 Jews, the Shekhinah comes down. So the first 10 were the cause of the Shekhinah to come down. That's why you get more, you get more reward than everybody else. Amr Afuna. Afuna says, Tisha v'aron mitztarfin. You have nine people and an Aaron, right? Just an Aaron, not even a person. Aaron is an Aaron a person? Rafuna Tisha Nirin Kaasara. So Rafuna, it's the way the Vilna Gaon explains is that there's there no change of heart here. It was a clarification. He said I didn't mean the Aaron. I just meant Tisha Nirin Kaasara Mitzdarfin. That if nine look like ten, then it's mitzdarfin. A very big chidush, of course. He's saying you don't actually need ten. Because when there's nine people, you know, no one's really counting, right? Well, the Gemara explains, some say kimechanfi. That's only when they're all together. When people are all together, it's a little hard to tell, you know, whether there's nine or ten people. So as long as it looks like ten, it's good. Some say kimevadri. Some say no, like when they're spread out, it's better. And was, what, what looks more? When people all scrunched in together, so it's like hard to tell whether there's nine or ten. Or um, when they're kind of spread out, it looks like a lot of people. Either way, Rufuna holds that nine uh, looks like ten, it would be good to be a mitzdaref. Amar, Rebbe, Amar. So we, we see from all these Amarayim, obviously it's a very big, kind of a, a new way to look at Minyan and how you come up with ten people. But it seems like it's more about the kavod. It's not kavod hatfilah. It's not like it's a mitziyot. You have 10 people, Shekhinah comes down, now you could say, that's not, it's, not really, it's, not like a, it's not really a technical matter. It's really about you know, honoring the tefillah, that it's, it should be done in the presence of 10. But as long as it looks like 10, there's a child, all these things are okay. However, we obviously don't go like it, as you'll see. Om Rabbi, Am Mitzdarfin. Two people and Shabbos are Mitzdarf to make a zimun. Om Shabbos Gavruhu. Right? We say Shabbat Makata, but is Shabbat actually a person? No, this is what I meant. Again, also kind of difficult how this is a clarification. What I meant to say was as follows. Who are, you know, few, arguing with each other in halacha. They're, they're sharpening one another with halacha. Meaning it's, it's a machloket. Those people have the ability to be a mitzaref, to be considered a three. Machvi Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda said, Kigon Anar Rav Sheshis, like me and Rav Sheshis, like when we talk. Rav Sheshis, uh, right? Machvi Rav Sheshis, Kigon Anar Rav Chizda, right? So basically, Rav Sheshis and Rav Chizda said, like us too, when we discuss halacha, there's so much going on between us that we could actually give us, you know, we, we could give each other the status of three, which is obviously a big chidush. Um, 
Continues the Gemara Amr of Yechlan Katan Poreach Bezan min Alav. A katan who's Poreach, meaning he begins to bud, which basically means uh, there are Simanim which are growing. The Shnei Saros, which are necessary. Mizamin Allah, as long as, even if he didn't come to 13, as long as the Simanim, you know, he brought the Simanim, uh, Rashi says, Tos says it doesn't even mean he brought the whole Simanim, it's just, it's, it's starting. So, Mizamin Allah, could join the Ziman. Tarina Mihachi, we learned in a Baraita, right? What did we learn? We learned that Katan Shevish Te Saros, Mizamin Allah, Ushleevish Te Saros, and Mizamin Allah. So, it's like a hard Baraita to read. It said, if a katan brought his two sarvat, he could join. If he didn't bring his two sarvat, he can't join. But a medaktim be katan. But we don't, uh, you know, we, we don't test. You know, we, we, we're not so careful. So what does that mean? Vakasha. Arma tevish tesaros in le. Why not? Yeah, that, that's correct. That's Rashi. Rashi means tevish tesaros. Why not? You could do zimun. So now this brayta says katan tevish tesaros misam no love v'shlevish tesaros a misam no love a medaktikin. So says the Gemara. Hagufakasha. Amrit, you said hevish tisaros in lo hevi lo, and then it says in medaktin of akatan. So it sounds like, do we care whether you brought the tisaros or not? Says the Gemara. So my love is not coming to include lisuya katan pareach. It's coming to include katan pareach, which is what, which is that he brought a simanim, but you're not medaktin whether he turned thirteen or not, right? As Rashi points out, she medaktin in bo im lachalshon imelo. Meaning he brought his simanim, but we're, st- we, we're not going to you know, look for his passport to see if he turned to 13 or not. Because as long as he brought the simanim, as long as he brought the hairs, which proves he's an adult, then that, that's enough. That's the, that's the way Rashi learns the whole Gemara. Now says the Gemara, Says the Gemara, the halacha does not follow anything we just said. Right? Which is why none of this sounded familiar to you. The only time you could join a zimun is as follows. If you have a child who is old enough and he knows you know, who he's blessing, meaning he knows you know, what, what does the blessing mean, so then he could join a zimun. So again, we're not talking about a, we're not talking about a minyan, we're not talking about you know, nine and ten and a slave, none of those things. Tosa says we don't rule like any, uh, actually I shouldn't say Tosa, most of us shouldn't learn that we don't rule like anything we just said. One thing, that actually a child who knows what he's doing, like Yigil Chinach, could actually join the Zimun. So he was like testing them, he's testing Abayi and Rav, says, like when you make a bracha, who are you blessing? Who are you talking to? He said to Hashem. And then he said, back to Rahman Hechi Yasser, he said back to little Rav and Abaya, and where does Hashem sit? So it says, Rav pointed to the roof, meaning he's high up. Abaya went outside, he showed his towards Shemayim. Both of you are going to Avitu, both of you are going to be great rabbis. Like the people have a saying that you know when the pumpkin starts sprouting, like a, you know or this this leaves its sap, it'll be recognizable whether it's good or not. I mean, right in the beginning stages of a pumpkin, you could tell whether it's a good one or not. Similarly, with these rabbis, I, I see that you are destined for greatness, as you know who you are being. Amivarech. Some point out that Rav and Abaya, Abaya was an orphan. Rava was raised in a house, so the point was that Rava was in a home, was raised in a home, so he could point to the roof of his house. That was representative of a Kaddish Baruch, a Kaddish Baruch taking care of him. Abaya, who was an orphan, you know, he, he went outside and he points straight to a Kaddish Baruch because he had no house. You know, he, was, he grew up as an orphan and he was completely reliant on a Kaddish Baruch. Okay.